Hi guys and welcome back to the Because Autism podcast where I don't know I talk all about autism and try and understand the psychology behind other people and myself but you know come to the conclusion that it's just autism that is just autism so we'll just say that. Um I've got my friend L here today. Say hi L. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How That's are you? Great. I'm good, thank you. Um, I met Elle on Twitter. We're on Stan Twitter because uh, my special interest is like YouTubers, specifically like Gabby Hanna. Even though she's not a YouTuber anymore, she's like musician and like artist and all the things. And Elle, is, would you say that's your special interest? or I wouldn't necessarily say special interest, but I would say definitely someone that I've looked up to for a long time. At oh, that, that's great. That's great. Do you have a special interest? No worries if you don't. <laughs> I don't know if I have a special interest because I tend to flitter between like multiple different things that I'm interested in. So I'd say probably not. Okay. Well, yeah. um, When I was younger, I definitely uh, jumped between things. It was like Monsters University for, I don't know, a month. Then it was Wayne Rooney from um, the football team, Manchester United. And then uh, it was the Muppets. I yeah I definitely didn't stick to one but I think I have now I think I finally found what I like (laughs) yeah um that's fives honestly yeah so do you mind me saying that you're like going through the diagnosing process yes is that okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. so do you want to talk about that or um yeah so I've been looking for a diagnosis for about three years I'm getting close to the right I'm getting close to getting a diagnosis but it has been like it's been three years overall and it's sort of it's been difficult because obviously not having a reason as to why I am the way I am Mm. is a bit difficult but then obviously getting close to that point it's it's a relief to know that there is potentially something that might be a reason for why I do certain things yeah so yeah it's it's been a long time and I am looking forward to getting something at least of course yeah it's it's life-changing for sure Um, yeah so you're with cams aren't you did you yeah yes did you um like go to cams like go uh, there with like mental health problems and then throughout your time at cams you've gotten to the point where you've like realized that you're autistic or did you go there to get an autism diagnosis don't mind me asking I originally went there I was think it was after someone in my family got a diagnosis oh okay. I looked into it and I was like oh oh wait that kind of seems yeah. like me so I went to my parents and I was like oh I think I might be autistic yeah. and then they sort of we went through my GP and my GP gave me a referral to CAMS and it's it's essentially it was just for autism but then at the same time support in other reasons as well would be helpful yeah great well three years is a long time to wait (laughs) yes an excessively long time to wait um I was quite lucky with my well with my diagnosis I I think I mean how lucky can you be kind of thing like being diagnosed like I obviously really had to get diagnosed when I did Otherwise, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, we went through my school at the time. Uh, we didn't go through CAMS or the GP or anything. Uh, we went through my school and they put a referral through. That was in year six. And then about a year and a half later, it was going to be like a three-year waiting listing. But then suddenly there was like a cancellation or something. And my mum phoned up to um to hurry them along to see where I was on the waiting list now because I was starting to lose my mind and um and they said like oh we've just had like a cancellation come and see us on Monday and then we just like talked to this doctor for an hour then I got a diagnosis straight away (laughs) yeah so it's I think the diagnosis process is a bit it's a bit iffy, I guess. It takes a long time. They don't communicate with you very well. No, no. They they could do better, but then again, if I was in that position, I probably wouldn't know much about what to do either. Mm. It's it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
being at age 12 getting a diagnosis that's quite a long time when it's a lifelong condition um yeah, yeah. well obviously it's me being 16, yeah, 16. I've got to sit a levels potentially got to sit a levels in two years hopefully not but potentially will so are do. you taking and a it levels nice. it would be Sorry. nice you're taking yeah it would be nice yeah. to get a diagnosis before i sit my a levels oh, yeah, so i can sure. get accommodations within exams oh yeah but obviously didn't sit gcse's so i didn't get that no, you, didn't, you didn't sit them no, I didn't sit them because COVID. Oh, because so. COVID. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Did you? So what A-levels are you doing? <laughs> I am doing psychology, English psychology. language and art. Yes. Yeah. I think the most contentful one is psychology. Psychology, yeah. I'm doing... But that's... Sorry. It's interesting though, you. so I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing psychology GCSE and it's very good. And I thought, like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to be a psychologist. This is what I'm going to do. And now I've realised I'm not going to do that. Like, no way. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. Psychology is a great subject. My school didn't offer it as a GCSE, though. So obviously I've not done no. it before. And I'm now starting it in the middle of a pandemic, which is great. But um, it's new, but it's interesting and I think it helps me understand things better yeah. because that's that's one of my things to do with autism is I like to understand things. Mm. If I don't understand something, I don't like it and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I. So obviously learning about the psychology of things, it means, oh, wait, that makes sense now. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. that. I feel that a lot. But I, I don't know if you relate to this, but a lot that I learn about in psychology, I don't relate to. Like, it's clear that it's all like neurotypical studies. yeah. Yeah, then most of them are done on neurotypical people, which, and, and that's to be fair, some of the people that participated in studies might have been neurodivergent without knowing. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't know that. No, but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's good. Nothing matters anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that's um... a great thing to live by. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I'm such a tightly wound person really anxious uh, I care so much about things I used to be the most serious person ever but now like I, I mean I still am I'm breaking through that though and but I've just developed this mindset of nothing matters but who knows if I actually I, if I've actually developed it or you know I'm just faking it who knows <laughs> yeah I mean I mean nothing does matter but, like, it's a bit of a dark concept if you think about it deeply. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Life is weird. <laughs> Life is weird. Yeah. I, sometimes I wonder, because I know, obviously, I see things very differently to people and experience things, like emotion, just, just everything so differently to most people. I do wonder sometimes, like... Um, with my idea of like nothing matters and like my whole idea around like the meaning of life and stuff how different is that to other people's because I think about it a lot I I think about I think about that a lot because like obviously being someone that's potentially autistic Mm. and thinking about life in a different it's a from a completely different viewpoint for me than it is for neurotypical people yeah sure because they've I feel like for me it's more of a like I want a definite Mm. and then for neurotypical people I feel like it must be easier to sort of think oh well it could be this but it also could be this yeah and I don't like that mindset of thinking it might potentially be something but it also might potentially be something else because that confuses me I would like a definite idea of what life is what matters what doesn't matter what death is like I want to have the definites and I can't have the definites which is making it so much more difficult to be an autistic person in a neurotypical world I hate it oh it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I feel like I'm not sure whether my mindset is like changing around that or I'm again just faking it (laughs) or I'm thinking about who I want to be and trying to become this person I'm not. I'm not sure. But I think I'm more open to the idea of not just death and stuff. I'm I'm more open to the idea of like different pathways and yeah, it doesn't have to be definite. Because for sure, everything had to be definite. Like a few months ago, I was like, it made me ill (laughs) how much I needed everything to be definite. And I want to break 
past that, but like I don't know if I can, but I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like COVID's done that for a lot of people where yeah, things definite at the moment because you don't you don't know what's going to happen because no one's researched this until it started. Yeah, so there's for so sure. many uncertain things that you can't you can't really get your head around, and I think a lot of people at the moment are overlooking how hard it must be for autistic people. Yeah, definitely. To I'd, I'd like to get into that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult to process it because I I don't understand this and I would like to know exactly what's going on. And I can't. Because yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to know what I'm allowed to do for my birthday. Yeah. Which, yes, is five months away, yeah. but still. I'd like to know what I can do. I'd like to know when I can see my friends. I would like to know that what the government has put out is actually going to happen but you can't figure it yeah. out because it's it's so on the edge yeah you can't yeah I I think I suffer a lot with that uncertainty of COVID and stuff I think I suffer with it like subconsciously now a bit yeah so like that's where my anxiety is coming from at the moment is uncertainty but definitely at the beginning of the pandemic I was like my god what's gonna happen but now I feel like I'm just more chill about it I don't know if I'm actually more chill about it or I'm faking it again (laughs) how so how's like lockdown been treating you personally well um as a person whose mother is a key worker I've actually been coming into school every day which has been great for me because it's a routine I can stick to it and I'm in a and I'm in a stable working environment but in terms of being at home it hasn't been great um, at one point oh. my dad had COVID so we were stuck oh at yeah home. we we all um, had COVID here too it's not yeah nice. having COVID <laughs> wasn't fun that wasn't fun but um no. I think it I think this lockdown has definitely been better than the first one because in the first one I was in year 11 mm. and my GCSEs were cancelled so that I didn't have any work to do yeah and I didn't none of my teachers for um, any levels were saying anything anything that we could be doing over the holidays over the lockdown period so I had nothing to do and I think that for me was very difficult because there's so many options. I like to be told what to do. Yeah. And during that period, I wasn't being told what to do. Yeah. I. So it was just like, I've got free reign over all of this stuff. What do I do? But at the moment, I'm learning still. I'm doing schoolwork. So I know what to do. So it's been easier this time. That, that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm homeschooled permanently, if anyone listening didn't know that. Um, I was taken... Uh, well, I stopped going to school at the end of year seven. I like didn't go back into it at year eight. Sorry, my dog's barking. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? I've been sidetracked now. <laughs> oh my gosh, what was I saying? We were talking about school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was homeschooled. Yeah, I'm homeschooled permanently. And at the beginning, for like a year, it was really, really hard. Because I mean, it is still hard now because you're fully because when you go to school, your teachers are fully in control of, um, you know, what you do and like how much you get done and like getting it done in time for GCSEs, like that kind of thing. But being homeschooled, you have to take you you have that responsibility, you have that control. And it's I mean, there are definitely pros and cons because the pros, obviously, I get to do things my own way. The cons is that um, I need to work out what way I work best kind of thing. And I need to take that responsibility of doing stuff. I don't really know. (laughs) Responsibility is a very difficult thing. And I'm very bad at doing that as well. Mm. (laughs) Because you can get distracted by so many things. And it's like, why do do schoolwork if I could just go play Minecraft, you know? Like, there's other things I could be doing. And I'm, I have a very terrible work, ec- work ec- ethic, and I think most people probably do at the moment as well. Yeah. Because the, well, the world isn't a good place. No, it's and not. we want to escape, so it's, it's difficult. And I think yeah. that's, that's, that's definitely an autism thing, I think, because yeah. we, want, we want the routine. The routine, And lockdown yeah. has taken away that routine. Yeah. So we're so much more likely to go and do something else because there's no routine, there are no rules. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah, for sure. I I do feel that um, most of my, like, traits or, you know, what they say in, like, um, when they assess you and stuff, like, your, like, defects and stuff, like, things that are wrong with you. And, you know, like, they're, like, traits of autism, like, bad at communication. Like, no, we're not bad at communication. 
we communicate differently to you so like how dare you say that I'm bad at communication kind of thing um yeah anyway I wasn't talking about that at all I don't know how I got into that but um what I wanted to say is I feel like most of my traits and pretty much all of my issues do come from being neurodivergent in a neurotypical world um do you relate to that I can go more into that 1000 percent. I I feel like I am definitely what the media portrays as a stereotypical autistic person in some senses in other senses I'm more good I'm better at masking because I've been diagnosed for so long but a lot of like the things with I know you've definitely heard of this but see his new movie with Maddie in it and a lot of people were saying about how Maddie was putting her teeth over her lips and that was a very stereotypical vision of autism yeah but I do I do that that's something that I do a lot and I do it I do it unconscious subconsciously I suppose like I'm not thinking yeah. about doing it but that's something I do because the media tells me I'm autistic and that's something I do I feel like I've subconsciously taken on what the media tells me is autism yeah yeah I feel that so deeply I have so much to say about Sia oh my god I don't know if I want to do you want to get into that I haven't or actually looked would... into a lot of Sia's movie, but what I have seen is very bad. Yeah, will it just trigger us? I don't know if it, I don't think it will trigger me, but it might trigger you. So yeah, if you well, don't I don't, want to I don't talk think it's fine. Me, I'll just get very angry and <laughs> I'll speak like really angrily, as you should, to be fair. Yeah, but um, oh, what I was saying before I sidetracked myself, <laughs> um about like being neurodivergent in neurotypical world you know the need for routine and that I don't think if if the world was built for autistic people I don't think any of us would need routine I think that we need routine because we have such lack of control in our life like communication is hard like everything in our life is hard um yeah or yeah. it's very different and I feel like we need routine because we need something, some control or like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, routine is definitely one of those like stereotypical things that like autistic people like routine, which I guess is true. At least yeah, for me. I, I do because find routine myself... is so good. Sorry. Routine is so good that I know what I'm doing, so yeah. I don't need to worry about getting sidetracked or having something else happen. I just know that I'm staying on track and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I I love routine, but I can't stick to it <laughs> ever that's that's I love that concept but I hate that concept at the same time because it's like I need a routine and I would love a routine but I'm just so bad at getting into one that I just cause problems for myself yeah like every day I set out what I'm gonna do today and I try and keep it like the same most days but I can't stick to it at all (laughs) it's like trying to get into hygiene routines as well I got my ears pierced over um December Mm. like honestly this is the best thing that's ever happened to me I got my ears pierced the day before my area got put into tier four the last day I could have oh my gosh so very lucky of me but anyway um I was supposed to clean my ears twice a day so that they would stay clean and not get infected I couldn't stick to that routine and now one of them is infected oh no (laughs) that's really bad (laughs) yeah it does kind of hurt but it's fine yeah um I'm trying out I don't know if you've heard of it the 21 slash 90 theory um, i've not heard of i that. tried you've never heard of it no no okay so basically you do something for 21 days every day for 21 days and it becomes a habit but then if you do it for 90 days it becomes a lifestyle oh do you... that's interesting yeah um there are definitely people don't believe it kind of thing some people do believe it i, I just want to try it out for myself um and I've never been able to stick to anything in my life like ever but then I tried drawing every day and I drew every single day for a month and a half until I broke my thumb um I well was it a month and a half no I'm I'm not gonna blame my thumb for that um I kind of slipped off of that a bit um before my thumb but yeah and I drew and I was like I drew every single day for a month and a half and I was like whoa I can do this but then I couldn't then I kind of stopped and then I broke my thumb and all the things um but yeah I I've also because okay it's a long story 
we like were moving house and then it fell through then we got a new buyer then it fell through again and now we're just like not moving house anymore uh, well we might in like a year's time <laughs> sorry I talk so much and I don't even know what I'm talking about most of the time but that's why I started this podcast in the first place you know like make your tragedies a work of art am I right as she says yeah <laughs> Make your tragedies a work of art. I can't even say tragedies. I, d- I just, Tra- I just love it. I love tragedies. That. <laughs> anyway, we're moving house, and then every day I checked right move to see new houses on there. Since August, this started, and I have not missed a day. And it is now February. I have not missed a day. So it's it's been over ninety days, and yes, it has become a lifestyle. <laughs> You know what? So, I do need to try that. I really do need to try that. My family are looking for a dog, and I was told yeah. to look every single morning on the websites to see if I could find a dog. Yeah, I tried I, it for a week, and yeah. I can't do it every day. I just can't do it. No, it is it is hard. But what what I did, like with my drawing and obviously looking on Right Move to see houses, um, I had to force myself. And like people say you shouldn't force yourself because you obviously don't want to do that. So you obviously don't want to become an artist if you have to force yourself. But I think, well, maybe I do actually, maybe this is the only way. So I'm just going to try that. You have to force yourself to do it for 21 days. Then it'll become a bit easier and you just get to that 90 day mark and then you'll be fine. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. So I'm trying that out. I don't know if that would work for you. I, I, I will try it. I'll let you yeah. know how it goes. I'll try that. Yeah. What, what are you going to choose to do every day? I don't know what day? I'll try it with. I might look for dogs every day, but that might not interest, interest me as much as other things. But I can't think of anything that I would want to do every day. I'll look for a dog every day for you. <laughs> you know what? I might try and write a poem every day, even if it's a small <gasps> one, because I do love writing poetry. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Have you read Dandelion? Sorry, I've read both of Gabby's books, and I love them so much. Sorry, I was talking over you then and I didn't hear you. <laughs> I've read, I have read both of them, both books, both, and both, I love them yeah. a lot. Which one's your favourite? I think definitely in terms of like, I don't know, character development, but in books, definitely prefer Dandelion. But like, I feel like okay. there's ones that there's poems that I love in both books. Yeah. Adult like Lessons lessons is very goofy. And when I got it, I was not into poetry or like art at all. So I got it. And I really liked it because of how goofy it was. And also my um, artist brain that I've obviously pushed right to the back of my brain. But now I'm bringing to the front of my brain. Not literally, if anyone's listening to this and think that's literal. It's not. Um, I feel like I got that book at the perfect time because I was a very go- like goofy. Like it, it was a goof, you know. But Daddy Lion, definitely more deep. Definitely like deeper poems and that is what I really needed then <laughs> do you yeah, get me I feel like I feel like Dandelion is where Gabby sort of found her style but for me Adolescence yeah. is the book that made me fall in love with poetry myself so I think Adolescence has a lot of meaning to me because when I read it I was like oh my god I honestly low-key love poetry and I started yeah. writing my own and wow. Dandelion is more of a it's helping me find my style thanks Gabby I love you for that <laughs> that that is great that I I don't know I get so excited talking because I like ask my mum mum what's your favorite song what's your favorite song like by by Gabby and stuff like mum what's your favorite video and like all all the time and I ask what music video is better pillowcase or dandelion or whatever dandelion the song this time and like yeah she's obviously not interested but talking to someone who is interested this is a great day I'm I'm so happy I can do that for you, Tilly. Yeah, this is a great day. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> I mean, if you are curious, my favourite Gabby song is Special. I love it so much. You like Special the most? Yes, it has a lot of meaning to me. It, yes. it, made, it made me happy inside. Yeah, I like when sad songs make, you, make people happy. Um, I thought that was a really cool music video. Like I love the did music, there. the way that it was put together. I know obviously Gabby didn't create the whole idea of it, Hawk did, but the, I just loved the way that she was pushing around the camera, the camera was pushing out her. Yeah, well... And it just, it portrayed it in a visual sense as well as an audio, uh, auditory sense, because you could hear what she was saying, and then you could also see what she was feeling. 
And I think that yeah. was really amazing. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it came out at the perfect time as well because I was feeling a lot of what was in the video at the time it came out. So it was a way of me yeah. expressing myself through someone else's music oh, as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think expressing... Because I always feel like I have to make the art. I have to make the songs. I have to express my emotions through my art kind of thing. And I'm realising I don't always have to do that if someone else's thing, like song or, I don't know, <laughs> art or book or whatever speaks to me, then that's okay too because I'm still expressing my emotions through that. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like music and poetry and art is all like a way of communicating and expressing yourself regardless of like whether you're the person that's made it. Because for me, during mm. lockdown, I was emailing my, I was emailing my teacher every day because I was, oh, yeah. I was getting quite upset about it. I didn't want to be in lockdown and I was getting stressed. And when I didn't know how to put into words how I was feeling, which was a lot of the time, I would mm. send her a music video. I would send her a poem that I'd written. Oh. I, would send, I would send her things that were not necessarily saying exactly how I was feeling in a literal yeah. sense, but it was expressing it in a different way. So I think yeah. that music and poetry and all that type of stuff is definitely a really great tool for autistic people to express how they're feeling because a yeah, lot of us can't I, put it into words. I feel that. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely um, feel everything that you're saying there. Um, yeah, because we express our emotions very differently. We feel our emotions very differently. Um, it's It comes no surprise to me that most well, a lot, I'm not saying mo- a lot of um, writers, authors, um, I don't know, singers, musicians, poets, artists, a lot of them are autistic, actually, like, and the most abstract ones and the most abstract artists are autistic. And I think that's like, really cool. <laughs> I think it's really interesting and, as well because of like the mindset that a lot of neurotypical people have is that autistic people can't make it in the world because they don't understand human beings. Yeah, which and first like, of all, it's such an ableist thing to say, but second of all, it's not true. It's just yeah, wrong. And especially the empathy thing. They say we don't have empathy. We and, do. We just see it differently. Yeah, I just find what every neurotypical person says about us. Well, not every neurotypical person, but. A lot, <laughs> um, a lot, too, too many. Um, yeah, they just dehumanise us. Yeah, Do you it's feel almost that? As if, yeah, it's almost as if they're treating us as if we're like a different breed or something like that. Yeah. Where we don't feel things the same as other people, so therefore we're different and we're not the same and we're, we're just, we're not quite human, but we are. We're just yeah. a different type of human. And realistically... Every single human is different, regardless of whether they're neurotypical or neurodiverse. Oh, sorry, you've, you've just cut out then. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no. Ev- every human being is mm. going to be different, regardless of neurodivergency or neurotyp- being neurotypical. Yeah. So to say that a neurodivergent person is something other than human is essentially ableist because everyone's a bit different. We're just different yeah. in different ways. And mm. we have a reason for being different because our brain doesn't work the same way. No, and it's strange because I feel, I mean, all oh, my fact. Sorry, that was <laughs> notification. I have this um, app on my phone that, like, it gives me a fact about, like, a random fact, like, every uh, hour or something. It's, I don't know what time scale it runs on, but it surprises me throughout the day and I get a fact and it's really exciting but anyway sorry what's today's fact right the one that i just got (laughs) hang on it's just loading let me see if it's interesting some people are genetically predisposed to see the world from a negative perspective most of the time that doesn't surprise me to be honest yeah but anyway, yeah, and that's kind of actually related to what we're saying, but not really at all, but kind of. But yeah, um, sorry, what I was saying is that I feel like autistic people, especially like people that mask an awful lot, um, have this understanding of neurotypical people, like just this amazing understanding of them that I don't think any other, even neuro- neurotypical people don't understand themselves. 
Do you get that? Oh, 100%. I, well, I can study neurotypical person so that I can make myself seem like them. But the thing yeah, is, I'm not and... doing it consciously. I'm doing yeah. it subconsciously because I feel like the inner ableism in me wants mm. me to be essentially, yeah. this is definitely the wrong phrase for it, but essentially my brain wants to be normal. My brain wants to be neurotypical. Yeah. So in attempt to well, mask yeah. subconsciously, I'm studying neurotypical people. So I understand a lot about neurotypical people. Because yeah. I'm masking. Mm, for sure. And I feel like we have this understanding that because we've studied them so hard, we literally are so aware of everything they do and say and how they communicate and stuff. But they can't seem to feel that way about us. Yeah. I'm I, not I'm obviously not it. saying everyone. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Not um but clearly too many people because of you know how people view us and when they say like we don't have empathy or like we're bad at communication it's we it's neither of those things it's just that you are don't want are unwilling to understand us and you know come up with these things that aren't true but we don't say that about you because i i think the way that neurotypical people communicate is ridiculous and bad. I, I think they're bad at communication. Yeah, but like that, that's the thing. It's a perspective thing. It's not a yeah. Some, one person is bad at it because they do it a different way. It's just that they do it differently, and it's different yeah. to the way that someone else does it. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, I could go on about that for so long. <laughs> Honestly, same. You you're great to talk to. Like you Thanks. have this understanding that I don't think many people have. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm very self-aware of what makes me autistic, partially because a lot of people yeah. like to ask the question of, oh, so you think you're autistic? Why? Yeah. I can't answer yeah. that question. That's, you know what? That's one of the things that really annoys me is one of the things mm. that I believe makes me autistic is I can't answer a very vague question. And mm. by asking me, a, you're asking me a very vague question, which is one of the things that makes me uncomfy. Yeah. You see... I think, again, a lot of um, our autistic like traits and stuff come from trauma of living in a neurotypical world. So with vague questions, it's not that we don't like vague questions. It's that we've answered these vague questions wrong for yeah. so long that our brain has wanted to stop um, answering vague questions we want specific questions not because that's just how we are but that's because we've been traumatized into doing that yeah our our brains have sort of been like subconsciously trained to avoid vague questions because we can interpret them in so many ways but because yeah and we've interpreted them wrong yeah because you can you can interpret something wrong but it's not necessarily interpreting it wrong it's interpreting it in different ways yeah for sure someone can ask the vague question and there are a million yes. different ways you could answer that question and all of them are right. They're just not the one that you're, someone's looking for. Yeah. And that's why people don't like vague questions because there's, it can be wrong to the person that's asking it, but it's not actually technically yeah. wrong. Yeah. You see, I get very anxious answering vague questions. I mean, I love it because I love speaking. <laughs> I love speaking. That That's it. <laughs> but... um no, I, I think I do quite like vague questions because, I don't know, I see myself as quite a spiritual person. But I do get anxious answering them, thinking, what if this was not what they meant at all? And, and on the topic of questions as well, you can also think about the fact that like, I like, I like to be warned if I'm going to be asked a question. And I, I don't okay. know whether that's directly related to being autistic, but I think it's definitely something that could be talked about more. Because, like, if I'm sat in a lesson, yeah. right, specifically a maths lesson, not that I do maths anymore, but, like, if I'm sitting doing maths and the teacher just comes up to me and says, Elle, answer this question, I'm not going to be able to do it because that puts me in a position where I'm not expecting oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like forewarning for everything. So, like, if, yeah, so- if something in my that. environment's going to change, I want to know about it so I can mentally prepare myself. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I don't know how common that is, though. No, that that's definitely very common. Yeah, I've always but, thought like, that's a me thing. No, I I think that's the most uh, most autistic people thing. <laughs> and I think realize, realizing like going through the diagnosing diagnosing process and realizing 
um, these things that it's very common for autistic people to do. It's just so validating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, following autistic people online and that kind of stuff, it just validates you in a way that no one else has validated you before. Yeah, I feel like for me, following you on Twitter and finding you on Twitter has it's, it's helped me in a way where no one else has been able to tell me that these things that I'm doing are autistic traits. I didn't know before I found you that having tics could be related to autism. So I, <laughs> yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really soppy, but through you, I found out a lot of things that I didn't know, which realistically, right, apparently it's supposed to be the way around because I'm older than you, but anyway. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I hate age. I don't like that anymore. I don't understand the concept of time, so age just confuses me. Yeah, concept of time, I don't know it. It's, I feel age. like that might be, an, that must be an autistic thing, right? Like not understanding Yeah, time. I think I it's like time it. blind. I think it's time blindness. Um, I definitely suffer with like if I didn't have a clock on me I couldn't even guess even what hour we were in oh yeah I'm like that because I, I took the batteries out on the clock in my bedroom because yeah. the ticking was really annoying me but I don't take mm. my phone up to bed with me because I will lay in it all night and also I have a high sleeper bed so I'll drop my phone off of it and it'll break so <laughs> yeah. when I'm in when I wake up in the morning I don't know what time it is but I can't be bothered to get out of bed to check the time so I'm just lying there thinking hmm, my alarm must be going off in about five minutes and I'll be laying there for about an hour because I don't understand yeah. that concept of it's definitely not nearly half past six it's definitely like four o'clock yeah I think um lots of people experience that at night so but I experience it all throughout the day as well oh yeah me too <laughs> and if I didn't have like a calendar something that happened two years ago I could say well last week this happened and I me too. I couldn't tell the difference it doesn't feel any different to me yeah I feel like I feel like but that's, I, that's, sorry. Such a, that's such a big thing for me as well is where I've had a lot happen in my past and if someone was to ask me oh when did this specific situation happen I won't be able hmm. to tell you when it happened I won't be able to tell no. you what year it happened. I won't be able to tell you how old I was. All I'll be able to say is, oh, when I was little, this happened. I won't be able to say when I yeah. was six, when I was five, because I just can't understand that concept of time. No. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a memory thing, um, because some people would say that that's a memory thing. But I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone knows more about this, but I don't, I don't think it's a memory thing. I think it's more a time blindness thing, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, it's interesting. I think it would be interesting to figure out how neurotypical people see that. Because I don't know whether it's mm. me having experienced a small amount of trauma in my childhood that's made that happen. Mm. Or whether it would yeah. be because I'm autistic. So it would be really interesting to see that from Probably a both. neurotypical person's perspective. Because then that, I feel yeah. like that would make more sense to me. And it would make me feel like I'm not just being stupid. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Or is it anymore? I don't know. <laughs> you still there? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Sorry, I keep losing you, I think, but I, I don't know. Could be me. I don't It might be the fact that I'm no. using a school iPad, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think we're good. Is there anything else you want to cover? I'll have to have you on again if you enjoy. Did you enjoy this? I don't know. I Did would you? love to come on again. This has been so yeah. fun. Yeah, and it feels it feels very different talking by yourself. I mean, you kind like forcing yourself to sit down and record and not know not knowing what to say. Like it's it's hard, and you know, other people spark off new conversations, but when you're by yourself, you don't spark those off yeah it's, <laughs> yeah me? it's hard to I think it's hard to initiate a conversation as well because I never know what to say so <laughs> no I think you're very good at talking oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> you're very good at talking what a weird compliment I just gave you <laughs> everyone always tells me that but they always tell me that in like a really mean way like oh my god you talk so much just shut up so it's, it's nice to <laughs> yeah, have it told I... to me as a compliment so thank you no, you're really good at talking. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I talk so much. I mean, I either talk so much or don't know how to verbalise anything and don't say anything at all. There's literally no in-between. Unless I'm masking and then there's an in-between. 
Yeah, I mean, do, I, do you feel that? I, I talk a hell of a lot, but only if I'm comfortable with the company I'm in. So it's like a concept of mm. if I've known the person for a certain amount of time or I'm particularly familiar with them or comfortable with them, I'll talk for so long, I won't shut up. But if I'm in yeah. company of people that like either I know I don't like or I know they don't like me or mm. someone that I've not known that long, I'm the quietest person. Um, yeah, I mean... I just, did... It's like a concept Sorry. of... Um, I have to cater to the people that I'm with because I don't want them to see me in a negative way because I know that the yeah. way I say things can be interpreted in different ways. I don't know why it's interpreted. Oh my God, everything I, I say is misread. It. Everything that I say is yeah. not taken the right way. So I'll, I'll no, say something and people are just misread. like, I'll say something and people are like, oh my God, that's so rude of you. And I'm just like, I was asking the question. Yeah. I don't know and why that was rude. Yeah. And you know, people say how like blunt autistic people are. Yeah, I I think again that's just a trauma thing of living in a neurotypical world. Um, we've become so blunt because everything we say is so misread and so misinterpreted, and our intentions are read so wrong. Yeah, um, that's that's a thing that yeah. needs to change. I think because I feel like a lot of the things that neurotypical think that we're being bad at is things like we're trying to accommodate for the neurotypical people that we are around but that's being taken mm. in the wrong way so I'm being blunt to someone I'm not trying to be mean to them or be rude to them I'm just trying to accommodate mm. because I know that if I say something yeah, differently just... they're going to interpret it yeah. wrong yeah we just want to be so straightforward because we're so traumatized by people not reading us the right way yeah because I've had I've had some experiences where I've said something and it's been taken completely out of context and, it, and I've I've been essentially I've been bullied for it because people have heard something I've said and they've yeah. taken it as I'm trying to be mean to people. I'm just a generally mean person, which is a thousand percent yeah. not true because I think I know. People, you know have you watched um I can't remember the uh, Rise of the Guardians? Have you watched that? Oh no. I, I don't watch much. No, me neither, but that's one of the films I used to watch when I was no. younger. But that then oh, hang on. Was it the one with like I feel like I have a very, very vague memory of it. I wouldn't remember what you're t- you're gonna say, but is it like the one with like the tooth fairy or like the Easter bunny? Yes. Something. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember that, seeing that in the cinema so many years ago, probably a decade ago. Yeah, there was a there was a part in that film where um, Santa Claus was asking Jack Frost what his center was, mm. and I think that's an important thing in real life. Where I feel like my center is kindness or being like a fun person mm. to be around so for people to tell me that I'm a mean person it upsets me yeah because my the thing that I want to do most is make other people happy and I feel like yeah, it's such a cheesy I thing to say same. and people always think I'm lying but I don't like making people upset yeah. I like seeing people happy because seeing someone else happy because of something I've done makes me very happy so I'm yeah, not a definitely. mean person it's just things like I'm no. trying to be nice are interpreted wrong yeah and I mean from my experience I feel like mean people their intentions are to be mean and are to see someone hurt or like you know when someone says something mean they or like nasty or like horrible if you want to use those words instead um I I think you know they meant it that way and they meant to hurt you they meant they meant for you to like read it that way but I don't think I've ever said anything that has like that I've tried to like be mean so then when you're told that you're a mean person when you really weren't because that those were not, not your intentions at all it like really hurts and you think am I crazy like what am I doing like I'm crazy but then you realize I've done everything I can at this point. I don't think it's my problem anymore. I don't think I can change anymore. It's the other people around me that need to change. Yeah, I mean, I get the thing about like not wanting to be mean to people. But then again, I know people will disagree with me because I'm saying that I'm a nice person. Mm. and I don't like hurting people because I have said things to people in the past where I've wanted to hurt them. But that's that's mm. not a thing where I'm just like, I'm just going to be a mean person today. I want to hurt people. It's more as like a reaction to something someone else has done where they've hurt me. I've, yeah. got, to, I've got to make it even. I want to hurt them back. But I don't think that's part yeah. of my personality. I think that's just like a defense mechanism in my brain that tells me yeah. they've done you wrong. Sure. You need to do the same. 
Mm. They've hurt me so much in ways that they wouldn't ever understand because I feel emotions so intensely. I take everything so personally. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I take that. a lot of things personally and it's not intentional. So some people will be like, why no. do you take everything so personally? I don't do it on purpose. But my brain has this, like, no. I, with a lot of the things that I've been through as a kid, I've mm. experienced a lot of stuff where people have hurt me, people have left me, people have done all of these things that have caused a lot of mental, his- mental issues in my head. And mm. so I take things, pers- th- take things personally as a result of that because that's how my brain reacts to yeah. it because it's how things have happened in the past. So it's not an intentional thing, mm. it's a trauma thing. Oh, a trauma thing, yeah. And I've only just started, when I explain things now, and I explain autism traits, because that's, that's what I like to do. I like to find out why we do these things or, you know, find out, yeah, <laughs> find out things. And um, then I like to tell them to the world. Um, and I've only very recently started saying trauma thing. And I've never said it before. And I was like explaining something to my mum and like my brother chipped in and was like, what do you mean a trauma thing kind of thing? And it made me think like, wait, no, hang on. It is a trauma thing kind of thing. You know, it made me. Yeah. And I think once you realise that you can start to unpick that a bit. Yeah. And yeah, it just helps. And it has shocked me now that I've realised a lot of things are trauma things. It's shocked me. How many yeah, things a lot, of, a lot of people don't like the fact that I use the word trauma or what I've experienced. But the thing is, it's, no. it's something that can be interpreted in different ways. So to one person, trauma might just be solely abuse and that's it. But to me, yeah. it's not yeah. just a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. If something has affected me in a way that I can't get rid yeah. of that thought in my head, that's trauma because it's something mm. that stays with you for the rest of your life. So a lot of yeah. people don't understand the fact that I use the word trauma but I don't mean that I've been physically injured by someone else's actions. No. I just mean yeah. that the way that they've treated me has affected me mentally. And it's not something that's going to go away. That's mm. something that's going to stay with me th- for the rest of my life. Yeah, or change the way that you do things. Yes. <laughs> so, like, masking is a complete trauma response kind of thing. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. Because you've been bullied or told off or whatever for how you communicate or how you express yourself. Or when people tell you that you're different as well, that it just, it really irritates me because like, it's true. And I don't like it when people tell me things that are true that are hurtful because they're just like, you're different, so I don't like you. And that it's, it's, it's hurtful and it causes that. That's ableist. It is ableist. But the people that said, and the people that said it to me in the past, first of all, they're in primary school, so it was like years ago. But yeah, they're not going to realise that it's ableism because they assume that I'm neurotypical and then they don't yeah. I don't have contact with most of the people that I went to primary school with because that was like over five years ago but yeah that's that's ableism because I'm different because I'm autistic mm. I'm not different because it's a thing that I want to do yeah. and I don't choose to be autistic I would much rather no. be a neurotypical person which, I mean, I guess is yeah. internalised ableism that I would rather be neurotypical. Yeah. But it's, it's more of I mean, that I want to be living think... in a world that is made for me rather than a world that is yeah, made for someone and... else. Yeah, and stop, like, struggling so much in ways that you can't control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's... I, I'd say it's probably quite internalised ableism E. <laughs> um, I mean, I I experienced the exact same thing, thinking like, oh, I just wish I was neurotypical, but it's also definitely trauma as well. Yeah. Thing like things. So I've lived this way for so long. I've done nothing wrong, and I'm still being hated for the way I am. I don't want to be hated for the way I am. I also don't want to hate myself for the way I am. Kind of thing. Yeah, because I also experienced yeah. like internalized homophobia as like as a bisexual girl. Mm. I, I mm. experienced this internalized guilt of the fact that I like both because people will tell you, oh, you can't like both. That's a bit, you know, why? And it's not, and it's, yeah. it's very similar to autism and ableism because it's not something I can control. And so I can be discriminated no. against in multiple ways because I have a girlfriend like, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm very open about my sexuality and I'm very open about being autistic. So I'm, 
That's great. And I love, I love being open about it. And it's something I've started doing within the past year. Well, I'm very open about myself as a person. So most of the people I know that, that's know that great. I'm autistic. Yeah. Most of the people I know know that I'm bisexual. And it's, it's great mm. to be open, but that also comes with a lot of problems. Yeah. Because, well, some, someone's not going to like it. I know that there are members of my family yeah. that are homophobic. They, they don't want that. So I've not come out to them. So, and they're not going to listen no. to this. So it doesn't matter. Um, but no. it's like a, it's like a concept of in my head because I know that there are people around me that hate the fact that I am the way I am. I I sort mm. of take on that a small amount myself, so I've got that internalized ableism. I've got that internalized yeah, homophobia of course. because that's what society's taught me. Yeah, and it's like um, people. It's also like um, I, I feel like with a lot of me, I need to or a lot of like autistic traits and stuff or ableism to autistic people I describe it in like relating it to a physical disability because that's what neurotypical people understand or able-bodied people and neurotypical people understand as ableism and uh, disability is usually physical disabilities that's what we usually talk about and uh, telling me to use a different tone of voice or telling me to behave in a certain way is like telling a person in a wheelchair to get out of their wheelchair yeah and just walk or you know um yeah and I was gonna go somewhere else with that and I don't know where I was going yeah I think the idea of ableism is oh very much a stereotypical thing where it's it's people that you can see that they've got a disability you can't look at me and say that I'm disabled because you can't see it and I, I also don't no. like the mindset of neurotypical people that but they'll say, you're autistic, you're not disabled. I am disabled because I can't yeah, function and I, the same as a neurotypical person in a neurotypical society yeah. that makes me disabled. It's just hidden. You can't yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, people are definitely scared of the word disabled. Because it's, it's painted and... as a bad thing, but it's not. Yeah, I, I was really scared of the word disabled, to be honest. Um, it is painted as a bad thing but I feel like also people around me and when I say I am disabled they're like no you're, you're just differently abled I hate and I'm like well that kind of invalidates <laughs> I've, I've gotten to the point where my internalised ableism against the word disabled has gone it's gone that <laughs> internalised ableism around the word yeah. disabled um, that's Gone. I, I, I struggle with using the oh, word yeah, disabled but... as well because I feel I feel like I'm not because I've masked for so long. I've masked for almost sixteen yeah. years of my life. I've been masking because that's what's expected of me, and that's that's yeah. internalized ableism because I won't use the word disabled. I've only just started describing myself as a disabled person because that's what I am. Yeah, but it's taken yeah, me so mean, long to get me, to me that too. point of admitting yeah, to myself same. that I am disabled. <laughs> Yeah, and then when people, when you finally have the courage and you've gotten rid of that uh, internalized ableism around that word, um, people will say, "No, no, no, you're you're differently abled because they're ableists themselves. They don't, but they're scared of it themselves. Like even like parents, grandparents, like family members or friends and stuff. They're scared of it as well. That they don't want you to be described as disabled because they've always been taught that disabled is a bad word." Just like I have. Yeah, and I, I, you, and you then, come to terms with being yeah. disabled yourself and then you have to admit to other people that you are disabled. And yeah. they don't like and it. And then you have to yeah, fight their ableism. They don't like it. So then you have and, to, yeah. again, fight your own internalised ableism and then you start worrying about using the term disabled again, which you were doing in the first place. You've got out of this, you've got out of this yeah. habit of not wanting to call yourself disabled. You tell other people you're disabled. They're like, no, you're not. You're just autistic. And then you go right back into that corner yeah. of, I'm not disabled. I'm just different yeah differently abled I just I don't like and, that um, term I really just it's I'm not differently abled I am disabled because I can't function like differently abled is essentially yeah. it's an ableist term and it's it's wrong it's inaccurate because I'm not I'm not I don't have different abilities mm. I just no. I just can't function well, we, we do well, yeah <laughs> I mean we do but disabled and differently abled two very separate things like yeah I, I have different abilities 
but I'm still yeah, disabled. Yeah, but everyone has different abilities, and that's the like, thing. Yeah. You can't describe an you can't describe yeah, an autistic I, I, yeah, person sure, as sure. differently abled because it, that term applies to absolutely everybody in the entire the everyone, in the yeah. entire world's population. Everybody is differently abled. Yeah, and um, Irene, bless her heart, you know Irene. Yes, I love Irene. Obviously, obviously, everyone knows Irene. I'm joking. Anyone listening to this, Irene is like Gabby Hanna's like best friend, but now also my best friend. I'm joking. I like to think that she's my best friend. She is your best friend. <laughs> we we DM quite often. We DM quite often, and I probably annoy her so much. Like the other day, I sent her five voice notes about like describing the difference between a possum and an opossum. Wait, there's a like, difference. Uh, a possum, it said. Yeah, there's a difference. I did not know that. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. She puts up with me so well, but I mean, she obviously knows I'm autistic and stuff, and we we goof about it. We have goofs and stuff, and I I, I quite like that. I I don't get offended by it, obviously, because it's Irene, and she does it in the most funny way. Um, but at the beginning, uh, she was like asking me, like, what do I say? Do I say person with autism? or autistic person and she was saying that she was always taught and other people in the chat were saying I was always taught to say person with autism and she was like disabled isn't a word now right it's differently abled and like I was like no <laughs> but of of course she changed everything she said right away like she, she's the best but a lot of people don't and it's just kind of proof that a lot of people are taught that those are the right words to say and of course, not blaming Irene at all. We love Irene. You stand Irene. I love her so much. <laughs> a lot of people will are taught that, you know, um, person with autism is the correct way and differently abled is the correct way, that disabled is the most offensive word ever and needs to be cut out of people's vocabulary. vocabulary. Like, that is what people are taught. And we do have to unteach these yeah. people. And it's not always their fault. It's definitely not their fault if they change like straight away. Like they are the best people ever. But a lot of people don't change. Yeah, but if if someone knows that it's wrong, if someone knows that it's wrong and they listen to an autistic person or a disabled person and they say, No, that's not the right way to say it, I you don't say it that way and they continue to use that same language, that's when it yeah. becomes ableism because they're refusing to change their knowingly mm, ableist for sure. Yeah. Such a conundrum. <laughs> yeah <laughs> should we leave it there is yeah this was yeah, really sure. great i'm so happy to talk to you and you know I, I didn't know how this would go i didn't know whether you had like the same kind of beliefs as me about things i, I was a bit anxious not gonna lie but it went amazingly and i'd yeah, love same. to have you on <laughs> all the time if you want to do that honestly Honestly, I would love to come back every time. I think it's more likely to be yeah, an every yeah, yeah. other week thing, though, yeah, because of sure. my school like, timetable. But I would definitely like to yeah, be on please. here regularly. I've that would be it. so great. But yeah, please, don't, if, if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. <laughs> like, no, no pressure. <laughs> Honestly, it's made me very happy that you've what let you me mean? be of on course. here. So. Of course I'd let you be on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast that I want guests on. Thank you very much. But yeah, this was so much fun, and I definitely—I'm honoured to be your yes, first, first guest. guest. Um, I definitely learned a lot from you. Felt very validated by you, and it's great talking to other autistic people just to get that validation. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Thank you. It's been it's been great. It's been yeah. Great. This has been great. Thank you so much for your time, and um, I'm everyone listening to this. I'm. I hope you enjoyed it too. And I'm really hoping to be posting uh, lots of comics and stuff on Instagram once my thumb heals. I don't know. Gosh, I took the use of my hand for granted so much. I can't wait to write and draw and do all the things again. Um, I've been doing reels. I posted a reel yesterday and it got 2,500 views in like the first hour. Tilly, you're famous. That's crazy. (laughs) It shocked me. So thank you, everyone. Um, I'm hoping to do them every day anyway this was great fun uh, follow me on Instagram at Autitunes and yes I'm really hoping to do this every Saturday do a podcast every Saturday 
I haven't really been keeping up with that, but I'm going to get straight back onto that, hopefully, once my life goes back to normal. Elle, is there anything you want to plug? I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. What's the um, Twitter? Sorry, I don't know your Twitter. It's, it's, it's spelled wrong. I'll text you it and you can put it in the description. Oh, yeah, now. yeah. It's in the description, everyone. <laughs> Elle's Twitter. Um, yeah. I'm very entertaining. No, I'm literally a comedian. It Just is really <laughs> entertaining. I like your tweets all the time. They're like all the ways at the top of my timeline. It's great. <laughs> it's a great time. But anyway, please leave a review about and like tell everyone how great Elle is because she is great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was great. Thank you so much. Um, did you have fun? I hope you did. I did have fun. I loved it. That, that's great. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye.